Hey, this is Jacob Bergai, lead pastor at Field Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Field Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day. So we are here in our part three of our ABCs of financial freedom, and we're talking about the subject of money. Somebody say money. And more specifically on uh, how it relates to our lives, um, but also how it relates to God's word. We've seen that God thought it was so important that he talks about it throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. There's actually over 2,000 scriptures in the Bible that talk about money, the purpose of money, how to manage it, and the importance of using it to help others. Just to catch everyone up in case you've missed, um, you can catch all our messages on our podcast online on our website, iTunes, Google Play. But to catch you up, week one, we talked about the A of ABCs, and that was, do you remember it? Attitude. Somebody was listening. Attitude. We've seen that most of our money problems aren't really money problems, but they're an attitude problem. They're, they're a belief problem, right? And so we have to change our attitude towards money. Week two, we talked about the B, and that stood for bondage. We talked about uh, that um, in our lives, if we're going to learn to live financially free, we have got to get rid of something called debt. And more sp- specifically, we talked about credit card debt, right? How many know there is some good debt, right? There is some good debt that will help build your credit. Most of us in here have a mortgage, have a car payment, and those are good things, amen? But we talked about the whole fact how when we get in credit card debt, it can become a bondage to our lives, and it can hold us back from what God has for each and every one of us. So we've seen that God wants to send each of us on this trajectory of getting out of debt. He wants his children to be debt-free, amen? So today we move forward with the letter, what is it? Oh man, you guys are smart today. We move, letter, move forward with the letter C, and we are going to look at the word choice. Somebody say choice. Choice. How, how many in here have ever watched uh, the show The Biggest Loser? How many ever watched that show? I like that show. Um, I love this show, and it's, it, it, it's so awesome to see the people who stick through this show, and they, they continue to... Um, get better in their health and their eating habits and their exercise. But it, it's pretty funny to watch it at the beginning because these people come onto this show and you have these trainers, or we could call them drill sergeants, um, especially that girl. She's crazy, man. Um, and, uh, you know, they're like in their face and they're like, listen, you're, you're not going to eat Twinkies anymore. <laughs> and, you know, put the candy bars away, quit hiding them in your room and, you know, all this stuff. And, and, and these people obviously have made some wrong choices uh, concerning their eating and concerning their health. And they, they have made a decision that, man, I, I want to I change it. But um, it, in the first few episodes, it's kind of like these trainers are shocking the system, right? Someone say shock the system. And they come in and they're just like, 
oh my gosh, all these habits that I've had for years, I never knew how to eat the right foods, and I, I, I never knew I needed to exercise and take care of my body, and now my body is hurting, and I have uh, physical ailments and, and sicknesses and all this stuff, and these trainers shock the system, and they get these individuals eating better, they, and, and it, it's funny to see the individuals fight back, some of them, like, I, I'm not going to do this, and you know, some of them last, and some of them don't last, but eventually, the ones that last, about halfway through the season, it finally hits them that I got to make some better choices when it comes to my food. I got to make better choices for my life because the path that I'm going isn't working. They realize that different choices is not just what I need, but I need different environments that I go into. I need different people that I hang with because the people I'm around affect my eating choices, right? I need to choose different environments and I need to choose different places that I go to. And they have to make this choice. And some of them make the choice and some of them don't. And today I want to talk about that choice because it's true with our money. We have to make a choice. Someone say we got to make a choice. When it comes to our money, we all make choices. So here's the question. Here's the question today. What kind of choices have I made with my money up to this point? What kind of choices have I made with my money up to this point? And where have these choices led us to so far? Where have they led me and my family so far? The choices I've made concerning my money. Today, we're going to talk about the biggest choice. Someone say the biggest choice that we make, that we must make, if we're going to change our financial picture. I've showed you four pictures for the last uh, four weeks. I'm not going to show them to you again, but you've seen the beautiful beach picture, and all of us strive, and hopefully one day we'll get to that peaceful beach picture where we're financially free. We are debt-free. We owe no man anything, and we are free to spend our money the way we want. We all strive to get to that picture. If we're going to get to that picture, I believe the first step is this, that the biggest choice that we have to make is trusting God in our money. Trusting God in our money. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 30. You're going to see the scripture on the screen here. If you don't have a Bible, you can check it out here and give you a little context of our story here today. Moses was one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. Moses was leading the children of Israel out of the Egyptian bondage. Moses uh, struggled in his leadership because of the murmuring and the complaining of the church, right? He dealt with some, some, some rough church people, some hard-headed church people. But amazingly, Moses led them to the edge of the promised land. And we find in our story here that Moses is on his deathbed. He's about ready to die, and Moses begins to give his last words. How many know that last words are very important? Uh, some of you can recall those last words from a relative, a mom, a dad, a grandma, a grandpa. And you remember the last thing they told you before they went from this life to the next. And here's Moses, and he's, he's, he's having this powwow with his, his church, and, and uh, he, he begins to lay out for them his last words. He lays out for them the most important thing 
um, that they can hear as they're on the edge of this promised land. They had been wandering for 40 years in the wilderness, and here they finally got to the edge, and Moses kind of seen the promised land from afar, and, and uh, he, he, he said, okay, here's what I need you to know. And he says this. He says, see, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him. And to keep his commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away, and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter in and possess. This day I call heaven and earth as witness against you, that I have set before you life, death, blessings, curses. Now choose life so that it may be well with you and your children. Moses is basically saying this. He says, listen, guys, there's a way to live your life that will bring the blessing of God Upon your life, and here's how I want you to live. But he, in the end, he says, Hey, I need you guys to know this. It's your choice. Did you hear that? He said, You can live the blessed life, or you can live the not blessed life, (laughs) right? You can live in prosperity, or you can live in poverty. But Moses says, Listen, if I were you, he's, I'm not you, but if I were you, I would choose life. Because it not only affects you, but it affects your family. It affects future generations. When you're gone from this earth, it's going to affect your children's children. Moses was saying, when you walk in obedience to what God tells you to do, it will bring blessings upon your life. Bring a blessing. Someone say obedient brings a blessing. Someone say obedience brings a blessing. It brings a blessing. Think about this, that there is a way for us to handle our money that actually positions us under the blessing of God. And God promises that if we obey him concerning our finances, that we will live a blessed and prosperous life. So you ask, What does this life look like? What do I need to do to position myself under this blessing? I'm so glad you asked that question today. Can I give you the answer today? See, the good news is that God has laid out a plan for us to make the right choice concerning our finances. And it's found throughout the entire Bible. But more specifically, it's found in the book of Malachi, chapter 3. Here we find God. He is dealing with his people his people who have turned their backs on him and fallen away from his commands and fallen away from the principles that he laid out for them to follow. And they made some bad choices. Have you ever made some bad choices with your money? Nobody? That's good. Let's move on to a new series right in the middle of this message. I I believe we've all made some bad choices, right? If we were to be honest, like what was I thinking, right? Right? Type of moment. Just one bad choice, you know. Tara and I first, when we first got married in the first year, we wanted a new car. We had never had a new car. 
We had had used cars, but how many know there's a difference between a new car and a used car? I wanted to drive it off the lot with 15 miles on it, folks. I want to know what it felt like and what it smelt like to have a new car. I wanted to see people's reaction when I was driving in the new car, right? So I went out, and I got me a new car, PT Cruiser. How many remember that PT Cruiser? Yeah, you remember those. They don't make them anymore. But man, I thought, this is it. This is it. I mean, we are living the life. Our payment was $450, but we were living the life. Mom and dad said, that's not a wise choice. I said, I don't care what you say. I'm married now. I'm on my own. I'm going to buy the car. It is a wise choice, so I thought. That was one of many bad choices that we made with our money. And I think some of you can relate to me today. We've all made some bad choices. And so here God is trying to bring a correction. God always corrects us with his love and his grace. He's not this God up in heaven as some churches, pastors portray him with this big baseball bat ready to knock you over the head when you mess up. That's not the God we're talking about. And I'm sorry if you were told that's the God that we serve. That is not the God that we serve. He is a loving heavenly father that corrects us with love, grace, and compassion. Amen. He'll let us do our own thing. He gives us a choice. Remember the word today. Choice. So here God is bringing some correction to him. And here's what he says in Malachi chapter 3. Check this out. Verse number 6. He says, I'm the Lord God, and I don't change. So you descendants of Jacob, you are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from me and my decrees, and you have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Verse 8, will a mere mortal or a man rob God? Yet you rob me, you ask. How are we robbing you, God? And he says, in tithes and offerings. He says, you are under curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, or the house of God, that there may be food, spiritual nourishment in my house. And he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I don't know about you, but if God's saying he's going to open up a window and he's going to put me some blessings in it and it's going to fill up my house so much that I don't have room that I got to go add on or I got to get a storage unit for my blessings, I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of whatever's connected to this. No, no, no. Let me, let me say this. For some of you, this is, this is entirely new. You're newer to the church and you never heard about this word tithe. For some of you, you've been here for a long time, but you need to renew your thinking on the tithe and recommit some things. Okay. Now we're either going to believe the whole Bible or we're going to take parts of it and teach parts of it. But I just believe here at this church, we're going to preach the whole Bible. Amen. So stay with me here. Check this out. God says, It's not me that's changed. You've changed. Watch this. God said, and I'm so gracious that I'm not going to destroy you because you've fallen away from me. He said, well, he said there was a curse. Did God bring the curse? No, God didn't bring the curse. They brought the curse upon themselves. 
because of the choice they made. He said, you have fallen away. You followed other gods and worshiped them. He said, your mom and dad, your grandma and grandpa, they taught you what the tithe and offering was, but you, you, you went the other way. You went the other way. And, 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 and they're saying, they asked God, they said, God, how do we return back to you? How do we return? We're, we're ready, God. We're, we're ready to repent. We've seen or the blinders have fallen. We're coming back to you. What, God, what is the first step to get back in relationship with you? What do we need to do? What do we need to do? And God answers with a question. He says, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Well, what do you mean, God? How? how? What do you mean? We don't, we've never robbed you. He said, you have in tithes and offerings. You have in tithes and offerings. And they're like, oh, snap, we did. That's an East Coast term. Oh, oh, snap, we did. Like grandma and grandpa, mom and dad, they, they taught us this principle. And, and, and you know what? We just were receiving the blessing of God, but not the full blessing of God because we weren't honoring you with what you asked for. Stay with me. Stay with me. He says, here's what I need you guys to do. I need you to bring the 10%. Someone say the tithe is 10%. He said, I need you to bring that into the storehouse. What is the storehouse? What is the store? The storehouse is God's house. This church is the local expression of God's love and grace and hope. God is not sitting in a seat right now. God is in each and every one of us that have received him as Lord and Savior, his Holy Spirit lives in us, right? And he uses us to be the church. He uses us to be the hands and feet. You see, this building is just brick and mortar. This building is just drywall and and wood. But when we leave, we are the church. This building is just a building. But when you and I go out, we are the body of Christ. We are the church, right? And we are the hands and feet. And he says, here's what I need you to do. I need you to just take the 10 and I need you to bring it to the house that feeds you spiritually. Where your kids are blessed, your marriage is encouraged, the word of God comes forth, where there is hope and grace being preached, the place where I've planted you. The Bible talks again, we don't have time, but it talks about being planted in the house of God. And only when you're planted will you flourish and, and grow spiritually in your life. And so, so he says, I need you to bring that 10%. I need you to bring that 10%. Now think about this, think about this. God said, you guys robbed me. I didn't rob you. You guys robbed me. What, what if you had a son or daughter and um, um, they were robbing from you? Check this out. So, so what if you had this spot in your dresser and you kept a wad of cash, right? And... Um, and Eventually, you start seeing that there's money missing. And, and you go to your son and you say, listen, Johnny, um, I, I see there's money missing. And I know I had $200 there, and now there's only 100 And let's say Johnny admits it and says, I'm sorry, I took it. I wanted to buy whatever, new pair of shoes, and, and I, I took the money. Okay? So you say, Johnny, you know, you know that's wrong. You're going to have to pay it back. That's, you know, we, don't, we don't do that in this house. And, and, and what, if, what, if, what if Johnny came back the next week and he stole more money? And then the week after that, and then the week after that, and the week after that. Now, um, Johnny is still your son, right? You still love Johnny, right? Right. 
Um, he's still your son. You, you, you still love them. You're still in relationship with them. But the relationship won't be the same moving forward. Because you can't trust Johnny. You can't trust him. So things change, right? Things change. And, and, and so you'll bless Johnny, but you, Johnny won't get the full blessing that you want to give him. Okay, let me break it down a little bit more. A little bit more. Here we go. Um, 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 my kids can be ungrateful at times. I know your kids aren't, but mine are. And, and, and so, so I love my kids. They're my kids. But sometimes they're so ungrateful that I say, I had told them ice cream after dinner, but then I go back and say, no ice cream, because you're all a, a bunch of ungrateful brats. I know you don't call your kids that, but sometimes I do. Pray for me. No, no, no ice cream. Now, I love my kids. I love my kids, but you ain't getting ice cream because you're ungrateful. Hmm? Stay with me. Sometimes they fight so much in the car when we're on our way to grab a sandwich somewhere once in a while, whatever it is, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, right? And they're fighting so much that I say, all right, we're not going out to eat. We're going home to eat peanut butter and jelly, right? And it, can any parents relate? Now, I love my kids, and I'll bless them with peanut butter and jelly, but you know what? You ain't getting the full blessing of the Christian chicken today. It ain't happening, folks. For those of you who don't know what Chick-fil-A is, you may or may not be saved. We're not sure at this point. And if you never had it, you're definitely not saved. We'll pray for you at the end. There's one 25 miles from here. Go, go experience it, friends. Get out of Kokomo and go eat one. So, so my, my kids aren't going to get the full blessing. I love them. I love them, right? I love them. My, my love hasn't changed. But something changed. Something changed in their attitude and in their life. And they made a choice to disobey their mother and their father. And that, that's where God is with the children of Israel right here in Malachi 3. So they asked, they asked, they asked God this, what do we need to do? What do we need to do to get back to return? He said, you've fallen away. I need you to return. What do we need to do, God? And, and, and do you notice what God does? He points to their money. Out of all things he could have pointed, he could have said, I need you to make your heart right. I need you to get planted in fuel church to return to me. He could have said, you know what? I need you to start serving on the team. I need you to start serving. That's what I need you to do to return to me. He, 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 could, have, he could have said, I, I need you to help the poor. I need you to help the poor. That's what you need to do to return to me. He, he could have said, I, I need you to stop smoking and, and, and drinking and cussing and, and chewing and going out with girls that are doing. Come on now. I need you to stop that. I need, I need you to stop that. But no, God, God says, I, I need you to get something in order in your life. There has to be a choice to be obedient to the principles I've established in your life in order for me to bless you with the full blessing that I have for you. Out of all the things God could have shown to demonstrate their obedience to him, God chose money. Why, you ask? I ask this question, why? Because God knows that money is the thing that is closest to our hearts. And it is the very thing that we want to control the most in our life. Let's be honest. It's not just the remote. I love controlling the remote. Don't touch my remote when I'm watching the show. I'll slap you. 
but we love to control our money. So God asked them to get back to the tithe. He says, give me control of the first 10 of your finances, and that will prove to me that you are truly surrendered underneath my lordship. Friends, newsflash, God does not need your money. God wants your heart. Heaven is not bankrupt. Heaven is not struggling. They didn't run out of gold paving the streets. They didn't run out of granite as they're working on my crib up there. And God's saying, I need you on earth to give so I can finish heaven. No, heaven's good. He established the tithe for his house here on earth. Stay with me. It's going to get better. Hit your neighbor and say, it's going to get better. So the C is choice. We all have a choice. I was studying this out. And you know that every religion, every religion, almost every religion that I looked at, Buddhist, Muslim, all these other different world religions, all of them demand and require that part of their money be given to the leader or to the founder of that religion. The only religion that does not require it, the only religion that gives you a choice is Christianity. Because God said, I've set before you life, death, blessing. You choose. It's your choice. I will not make no one serve me. I will not make anyone give to my house. It's got to be a choice that you make from your heart. Is this okay today? Because I feel it's okay. And I feel it's a good balance because there's a lot of warped teaching out there when it comes to giving. There's a lot of people promising you, you know what, you're going to drive a Mercedes Benz in 30 days if you give $1,000. And there's a lot of people saying, if you give, you're going to get healed. No, you're going to get healed because the Bible says by his stripes you are healed, whether you give or not. That is wrong teaching. Coming from a biblical perspective, rightly dividing the word of God. Okay, God does not need your money. He wants your heart. And the truth is, if you make the choice to never give a dime to this church, you are still welcome here. We will still encourage your children and your youth. We will still invest in your family. We will, we will still allow the benefits of the local church to be a blessing to your life. And you are still saved if you never give a dime to God's house. So there's no pressure. We don't believe out of giving out of manipulation or uh, control. We don't believe in that here. We don't believe in that, okay? We believe it's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. So, so if you never give, you're still welcome. But, but my question would be, why wouldn't you want to give to God's house? And why wouldn't you want to make the choice to giving back to the house that blesses you and your family? Why, why wouldn't you want that blessing, that full blessing of God that is attached to your giving being poured out? Why wouldn't you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself? Why wouldn't you want to be totally, wholeheartedly surrendered to God? Why wouldn't you want to play a part in making heaven a bigger place? Why wouldn't you? What would hold you back from seeing the difference that tithing would make in your personal finances if you made that choice? I can testify myself, and I know many stories of people who started tithing and their finances changed. It totally changed the course of their life. I know people have been tithing for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it changes the way you look at money. Because when you realize first things first, God said, just take this portion and give it to my house first. It changes everything. It's a choice, friends. Someone say it's a choice. It's a choice. 
Now, what we have up here are some apples. Can everybody see the apples? Aren't they beautiful apples? Don't they look delicious? Right? For those of you listening online and wondering what this illustration is, I have on my illustration table, I have nine red apples and I have one green apple. These apples look amazing. By the way, on on, uh, Thursday, these apples will be in an apple crisp that my mama will make for me. (laughs) There's dual purpose for these apples. And um, at about 2 o'clock on Thursday, I will put the apple crisp in a bowl, a very large bowl, and I will warm it up for 30 seconds, and then I will go and scoop out probably about five or six, maybe seven, don't judge me, uh, scoops of vanilla ice cream, and I will put it on the warm apple crisp, and I will joyfully and peacefully eat the apple crisp. Just thought I'd include you in on some of my Thanksgiving festivities. I will then fall asleep, and the giants or the lions will lose, and um, I'll wake up and see they lost if they play this year. I know the Colts play, so we're praying for them. Amen? Anyway, back to our illustration. I have nine apples here, nine, nine red, and, and God says, okay, here's the 90% right here. Here's the 90% that I, I, I want you to live off of, okay? He, he, here's what I've given you to steward. It's your choice to steward this properly, okay? And then here's the one apple, the ten, which represents the 10%. This is the 10, and this, this comes back to my house. This is the 10. It, it, it comes back to my house. So God says, I, I, I want you to live off the 90, live off the 90. So I want you to go and buy your groceries off the 90, right? I want you to... Pay your utilities off the 90. I want you to um, um, pay your other bills, your, your, your cable bill and direct TV. And then um, in the 90, I want you to buy your Apple phones. Come on. I worked on that all week. Is that all I get? Your Apple watches, your Apple iPads, iPods. Come on, man. Come on, church. Work with me, man. I, I really thought I'd get a better reaction than that. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, uh, your car payment, okay? Okay? Um, uh, you want to go on vacation, you're saving here out of the 90, okay? Um, I want you to live off this, okay? The 90% is the instruction that I've given you. The 10% is for my house. The 10% is for my house. It's for, it's, it's for the spiritual enrichment of your life, for your kids, for your family, for others to experience hope and grace. The 10% enables the local church to continue to reach people who are far from God, to make heaven a bigger place. Okay? Okay. But this is kind of how a lot of us do it, right? We, we pay our rent, right? We, we make our car payment. Uh, Comcast gets a little bit. Uh, AT&T gets a little bit. Um, um, we go out, we definitely got to go out to eat because that, yeah, we definitely got to go do that. And, um, you know, we definitely got to buy some new clothes. And, um, so we get to the end and we've spent all the 90 and then all of a sudden we realize we need new tires on our car. We, we, we realize, wait, 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 I already paid all my bills, but I, I, I need new tires. And we say, I don't have it here, so I'll just take a little bit out of here. Right here, okay. I'll just take that little bit out of there, and uh, it, it'll be fine. 
It'll be fine. And then we come back the next week, or if you get paid bi-weekly or monthly, whatever it is, we come back and we're, we're paying our bills, right? And, uh, you know, we, the, the bills don't stop for some reason. They keep showing up. Not sure why, but they, they want us to pay for that heat, and they want us to pay for that car we're driving, and, and, and you know, they just keep coming and keep coming, and then all of a sudden, the 90 is, is, is already allotted to bills, and then we're at the store, and we see this outfit that just went on sale. It just went on sale, because everything that Tara brings home just went on sale. <laughs> Hashtag true. Hashtag facts. And so, so we, the 90s already allocated, and so we say, you know what, I really want that, and I know God wants me to look good when I come to his house, so let me just, let me just do this. Let me just take it out of here. Let me just take it out of here. So, so we take it out of the, the, the 10. And then, then the next week goes by, and same thing, you know, we're paying our bills, and you know, um, we're making sure the kids are fed, the kids are clothed, and, 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 and then we, we, the 90s gone, and then we say, you know what? I really need a Starbucks like every day. <laughs> so um, all, all this is done. All, all, I don't have no more in the 90. Let me just take that Starbucks out of here. And then, you know what, honey, let's take that family out to eat because God would want us to show the love of Christ, but we don't have the money in our budget. Oh, we'll just take it out of the, the 10% we have over there and we'll go bless that family. God will understand. Oh. God will understand. And, and, and you know what? You know what? We just got this deal online to go on a three-day cruise, and it's half off. It's half off. So let's just take that right here. And so we can, you know, God wants us refreshed, and he wants our marriage refreshed. And so we, we, we think that's the right thing to do. And then we keep cutting out of this, cutting out of this. And then it's time for offering, and the plate comes by. And we hand God this. We say, God, this, this, this is what I have. This, this, this is all I got left. You notice what God said to Malachi? You left me. And we say, God, this is all I have left is this little, little bit here. And, 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 and we give God our leftovers. We give God our leftovers and and here's the truth. Here's the truth. 80%, or let, let, me, let me rephrase that, 20%, 20% of people, 20%, two out of the 10, two out of the 10, two. 20% of the people in this church, statistically, we, we keep track of numbers, tied to this church, 20%. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eighty percent just kind of throw in whatever. Just kind of throw in I'm, I'm just, just reporting, okay? Just reporting. Um, Two percent, or twenty percent. Twenty percent. I was thinking about this whole illustration, and I thought, man, it's pretty crazy that I'll go to a restaurant, and... Um, if the service is really good, I'll give a 20% to 25% tip, hands down. There's a few times I've given a 50% tip. There's a few times I've left a $100 bill for a $50 meal because I just felt to do it for a single mom who told me her story. I've done it. And I, I, I'll give 20, you know, 20 to 25% if it's good. If it's not real good, I'll give, 
eh, 15, right? I'll, I'll give 15. You're at least getting 15, even if you weren't good. And if you're horrible, if you're like spitting in my food, like my chicken's not even cooked right, you spilled the lemonade all over my new shirt, I'm still giving you 10%, right? That's just me. That's just me. That's just me. Um, and, and so you're, you're still getting 10%. Think about that. Should a God who serves us, who blesses our lives, get the same tip that we give to the horrible waitress? Selah. Think on that. The fact that we give the horrible waitress 10% when she does bad and we can't give a God who served us and laid down his son's life for us, who spilt his blood for us to be free, we can't give him a 10%. He could have said, give me the 80, give me the 90 rather and live off the 10. He said, no, 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 I I just want, I, I want to know that your heart is with me. Give me the 10. Give me the 10. I just thought about that. I, I thought about, man, so many times I'm tipping people here on earth better than I give to God. I've done that. Right? Because he says tithes and offering. Tithe is the 10. And then he, he says launch from there with an offering. How many times like, I'm like, God, you've been good to me. You healed my body. You set me free from just crazy thoughts. But yet I, I still can't even honor you. How many times I've done that in my life, you know? And so here we are, God saying, listen, I want you to make the choice. I want you to, I want you to learn to live in the 90. If it doesn't fit in the 90, we don't do it. We don't do it. If it doesn't fit here, we got to learn to live within our means. That's what we've been learning in this series. We've got to learn to cut things out. We, 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 we got to learn that I, I can't touch this because th- this goes back to God's house. I'm going to be a contributor to God's house, to the growth of God's house. I'm not going to be a consumer. I'm going to be a contributor, and I'm going to bring that 10 and, and, and give it back to God. Here's what God wants to see in his house. Here's what he wants to see, that people are making the choice to honor him. It's your choice. It's your choice. We're, we're, we're not in that religion that's going to cut your finger off if you don't give. Right? That's not us. It's your choice. But God says, this, this is what I want to see, but this is what I'm seeing. I, I want this because there's some things I want to do in my house. You say, man, you, you know, The church must really be struggling. No, the church isn't really struggling. The church is doing good, but the church could do so much more. One thing they will never say of me when they throw the dirt on my grave is this guy didn't dream or have vision because the vision and dream is huge and I see more and I want to do more, but you can't do that much when this comes in. You say, you say, you say, what, what, what's going to happen if, if, if I don't line up with this? God's going to still bless you. God's going to still love you. His grace will still be, still be on your life. You just won't live under the full blessing. 
I have to tell you that because that's what the word says. I don't know about you, but for me and my kids, my home, I want to live under the full blessing of God. I want to experience all that God has for me. And if it means just giving that 10, all I got to do is bring this 10. God, you have my heart because I know if I bring the 10, you're going to bless the 90. Amen. Stand with me. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball. You've taken some wrong turns. You've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And, and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And uh, I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.